Welcome to this week's episode. All right. I know we've been missing for a couple of weeks. Um, I was out of town for a thing. I can't really talk about it. It's all very hush hush. Anyway, in this episode, which the guys did while I was otherwise engaged, they discussed comedians. So let's have a listen together and I'll pretend it's my first time hearing it. And you can pretend that it's just as good without me. So let's get to it. This is The Men Are Talking. Good evening and welcome to The Men Are Talking. This week our grand poobah, the great gazoo Larry, is on assignment in another city. That's what the official story is at least. Uh, and we have a couple of others that are regulars that aren't here. Dave can't be here. He's tied to a bed somewhere. And Ferg apparently isn't feeling very well. Um, we don't think it's because he's drunk. Well, at least that's not what we're going to say. Um, so tonight what we've got is me, Paul. Hello. Uh, and... This is Bill coming to you from my back porch. And surprisingly alive is... Uh, the Unknown Podcaster, UPC. That's right, UPC. Fantastic. Um, and tonight, our topic is a comedians. And that's comedians across the board. Influential ones, some of our favorites, some people that are different, unique, whatever the case may be. But what we want to talk about tonight is comedians. Um, and we were going to do sort of rock, paper, scissors to see who went first. But since you can't see what that is, uh, you are wonderful listeners. Uh, I guess I'm just going to have to randomly pick someone to go first. Unless someone all Horshack-like raises their hand. Oh, oh wait! Oh, oh, okay. Mr. Okay. Mr. Okay. See, I just think UPC is saying that, but Bill really means it in earnest. So I'm going to cut to Bill. William. Yes. Who, yes. Do, who do you think? We'll start with... Influential. Now, this doesn't have to be your fave, but influential comedians. So, I know many of you think that we just show up, sit down, and uh, talk about stuff off the top of our heads. Oh, no. Um, I, uh, I, I actually, every, I do. every week, come out, come out here. Well, your head's so big. Um, That's I, what I, she said. <laughs> It's comedian night. But oh, but uh, yeah, I come out here every every week and empty the trash and wipe down the tables and get everything set up and then I try to actually do some research. And uh, one of my favorite, I, I'm really excited about this week's topic because if I could do any job, uh, and I tried it once and failed miserably, uh, would be stand-up comedian. Uh, I just I love stand-up comedy. It's just, it's just, there's just so many good ones. And so I made it a point to do, you know, like all day today, usually when I'm in my truck anyway, I am listening to stand-up comedy on XM Radio. Um, sure. But I, uh, I made it a point to pretty much all day today listen to stand-up comedy and read some articles about them, and one of the articles, or a couple of the articles that I read uh, about influential comedians, and I'm gonna give two. Nice. Um, because one 
I know almost absolutely nothing about, but on two different lists, not lists, two different <laughs> lists, this is, um, he was listed as the number one most influential comedian ever. And his name is Bill Hicks. However, it is not the Bill Hicks most people might know. That's, that's, I don't, is his last name Hicks? Is there more than one Maybe Bill I'm Hicks? wrong. Maybe I'm confusing the names. But there is a comedian. On the Jeff Foxworthy tour, Bill Engvall. His name's not Hicks? No, that's did Bill. I just did I just call Bill Engvall well, a hick? No, no. Oh, good Jeff Lord. I'm sorry, Bill. I love all you. You're fantastic. Well, yeah, he maybe was that's a the hick. problem. They were all Hicks. I'm so but sorry, Bill. UPC, yeah. have you heard of Bill Hicks? Yes, of course. Okay, overrated I, as fuck, just like I. Uh, well. I agree. Um, I listened to uh, a few of his samples that I could find. He only has one actual full. Um, Whole, uh, yeah, well, show. he died at age 32 from pancreatic cancer after trying every drug in the world. Wow. And uh, But he was influential, and the way that this writer uh, of this article explained influential was based on things that he could cite how he influenced future comedians. Um such as, say, Chris Rock. Um, I honestly don't remember who the ones were that he said he... I think one of them might have been Lenny Bruce. Um, but uh, Even though Lenny Bruce predated... No, Bruce. so then I'm wrong then. I'm, I'm wrong on that. I can't... I, I, and I don't want to pull it up right now. But... Um, oh, we're all glad about that, but go ahead. There were... I said pull it up, not out. Oh, sorry. It's already out. Sorry. Um, but... Um, there were two comedians on his list of influential comedians that he did an addendum and said, I removed Jim Carrey from my list because I couldn't find anybody that he actually influenced <laughs> in his stand-up. Interesting. And then there yeah. was another one that he got rid of and replaced with someone. I read the final list. But Bill Hicks, his point was, is very satirical, very dark comedy, uh, social type, um, not my, I w I'm not a fan, I wouldn't have gotten into it, um, but I thought it was worth a mention simply because several of the articles that I read, um, you it, know, gave this guy a lot of credit sure. for the people that he influenced down the road, people that I would actually end up liking. The other one that I would say, and uh, this this portion of the broadcast is brought to you by the Pensacola Sanger Theater Summer oh. Movie Series um, that starts this Saturday, uh, is a guy that you may have heard of by the name of Steve Martin. And he's one of my favorites as well, but as far as influence... Enro de Fromage? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a tennis shoe, stuff it with cheese, and shove it down your throat. Um, he hates these cans! Yeah. Not, and, and, you know, we're kind of focusing on stand-up, but we're also going to diverge into film. 
and you know the films that he's done with uh, Father of the Bride and Planes, Trains, and Rocks, Automobiles. Roxanne. Roxanne, and my yeah. all-time favorite comedy movie ever, The Jerk. Uh, that's what's being played at the Sanger Theater for five bucks. Wow. Uh, this Saturday, get your tickets. Mm. And, um, but he, in the 70s, was, as a comedian, was selling out stadiums. Not theaters, stadiums. He was a big and deal. And he was the king of ending a joke earlier than it needed to be ended. In other words, unlike Norm Macdonald. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think McDon yeah. Norm Macdonald's about to finish another joke. Yeah, he's just, he's God, God is ready to go. I'm sending you back. Look, Norm. Norm. Listen, listen, yeah, I get it. The light was on. Rest in peace, fella. Uh, <laughs> pride. Um, but uh, Steve Martin with it, you know, the wild and crazy guy. And, and then one other thing that he did as far as stand-up wise was he walked away at the height of his success and and of course he went into you know the three amigos him and martin short over the years all that they've done dirty rotten scoundrels dirty rotten scoundrels oh <laughs> rupert rupert you know may i use the bathroom yes thank you thank you uh oh, but Lord. those would be the two one that's obscure to me, the other one that played a large influence in my life. Quick story on the um, King Tut album. Sure. I had a friend, Mark. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, there is a Funny King Tut, Tut song, but there is a, also a King Tut album. Wasn't that well, the name not, of the album? Not, it was no, a wild and crazy album. album. No, no, it, no. It, I actually oh, sorry. own this. I own oh, this album, right. and I do not remember the title of the actual album. But it is not King Tut. But, but there's, but there's but more the than one. King but Tut it includes on, yes. the song. Okay, but there's yeah. not more. I thought he did multiple tunes. Am I wrong? Well, yes, he's yeah, done more. Not than, only that, he, he also he's a banjo virtuoso. He is so very good. Juggling, he played harmonica, harmonica about banjos. Guatemalan cat juggling. Um, you know, <laughs> right. in his okay. act, he took that from his act into the movie The Jerk. Uh, yeah. When the priest shows up at his at his mansion and shows him the video, turn it off, turn now, it off. Now, is it the jerk or is it another one where he gets pulled over and they make him whistle Dixie while he's hopping on one foot and juggling? I, There's a movie where he's doing that. that. It's like, what's the road test? It's can you <laughs> juggle and hop on I one foot? I don't, I don't know. Uh, um, but anyway, go. my friend Mark Clark. Uh, was my best friend in high school. Not the World War II general. No, no. Uh, this was uh, Private Mark Clark. Bill was alive and, then, but that's um, not the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But we used to listen to this album <laughs> on LP. I mean, on sure. record. Long vinyl. playing record. Yeah. 33 and a third RPM. 33 and a third RPMs. But it was funny at forty-five as well. Let's but, let's. Well, I mean, it just sounded like the chill. Now it may it may have been. Well, I think that was earlier. But let's get small, was mm. a really big comedic record for him. Uh -huh. and, and that let's get small was really big. <laughs> it, it, Leave it, it to Paul to bring up the small shit. <laughs> so anyway, Mark had his bedroom in the basement, uh, and there's a oof. there's a very small clip. In that, in that routine, 
where one one he says, you know, enough comedy jokes, which I just think is perfect. As opposed to the other ones. But then as he's standing there, and I think it's after he's explained how much of his budget goes to rubber chickens and arrows and yeah. 0.0001% to new material, uh, you know, stuff like that. And then he just pauses, and I knew it was coming, and Mark's parents went to my dad's church, and I would hit the volume on the record player, and Steve Martin would just go, oh, shit. <laughs> and then I would get to hear Mark's mom yell from upstairs because we had a record on where somebody was cursing, and it just made me happy every time I did it. So those would be the, the, the two influencers. That's fantastic. That yeah. I would uh, That's excellent. mention to start the show off with. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm, I'm looking around the room for someone other than Bill, and it did well. I I think we're gonna have to go with UPC. Okay. So I'm gonna go a bit more historic on this uh, topic. I think and that, you mean not like not, not not yeah not like a <laughs> not like an like a insignificant oh, I mean, character like. Like Steve Martin. I mean, the greatest comedy, <laughs> the common, greatest comedy novel ever written was the Bible, but... Wow! Um, uh, no, no, I'm going to go Groucho Marx. I think Groucho Marx um, is, he bridges the gap between, of course he was part of the vaudeville scene, but he bridges the gap to more contemporaneous comedy. Sure. Where uh, he is a significant influence. You mean contemporary? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> was, was I not Pacific enough? No, after, after you said vaudeville, I had to somehow correct okay. something you were going to okay. say. I, Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I think Groucho Marx is very, very key in bridging the gap between Huge. the old, tiny comedy uh, and then influencing stand-up comedians and uh, obviously I mean Woody Allen who's one of my nearest and dearest comedians um, definitely owes and he admits this oh, owes sure. a huge debt of gratitude to Groucho Marx in fact he he will use Groucho Marx jokes and credit them to Groucho because they're timeless some of them well, agreed you know agreed um so you got Groucho Marx. Now, if you want to get into like fringe comedy, mm -hmm. you've got um, why am I blanking on the name? Um, P people that wore fezes. No. Oh, not okay. Uh, uh, oh uh, my God. Uh, he, start with an L. Bill just mentioned him. He sixties uh, arrested multiple times. Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. There Lenny, you Bruce. Go. Lenny Bruce is super influential. To he's the, the more envelope pitch fringe pitch. comedy, alternative comedy, the more esoteric stuff, which I gravitate towards, but um, which is ironic that I can't remember his goddamn name. But blue. But I've been drinking all. Sure. Time. Well, yeah. Look, um, look, you're a little drunk. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Sometimes we can <laughs> we can all get small. Uh, and by the way, let's get small was the name of the album in '77. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so we got Groucho, Lenny Bruce, and um, I don't know. I kind of want to go with. Um, 
Yeah. It seems relatively recent, at least as, at least as far as our age cohort. Sure. Um, it's Jerry Seinfeld, the observational comedy. One hundred What's the deal? What's, what's the deal what's with the these deal microphones in front of me? <laughs> you can't hear me right now. Why do I have a microphone? Anyway, you're there's, totally all, right. there's all kinds of mockery associated with the old, like, the 80s uh, Seinfeld stand-up stuff before the TV show. But I would... Uh, Dollars to Donuts. Mm. Jerry Seinfeld is highly influential in the world of comedy. Tremendous. Because he brought in the simple observational comedy. Agreed. And the other thing is... He showed at a time when, particularly stand-up comedians, were becoming more and more blue and a little, like, yep. you know, a lot of F-bombs and things like that. Sure. His policy was, nope, this is going to be totally clean. And his philosophy was, if you can't be funny without using a curse word, then you're not funny. I agree. And I'm talking like he's dead, but he's nope. not. <laughs> he's but, not. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's very influential, and he and he put a breath he's of fresh air. He's actually a bit of a comeback. Well, he had a breath of fresh air to this trend in the in the mid '80s, where it started getting really, really yeah coarse and crude. You know, the Andrew Dice Clay and all that, that kind of stuff. I think um, Jerry Seinfeld brought it back to a simplicity. Agreed. Of of comic, right, and it's just, insight. And there's, you can't underestimate just, and we all probably have a friend or two like this where you just, yeah, maybe they, they, maybe they're funny. Like for example, and I'm not trying to embarrass him. Well, of course I'm trying to embarrass him, but Bill's just kind of a funny guy. Not only is he just kind of a funny guy, he tells a great joke, and and all of us maybe have a friend that is just somehow a little funny. Even in, in the one of the Seinfeld episodes, uh, George is upset because he's met a girl and she thinks he's really funny but he doesn't want Jerry to hang around because Jerry's just funny all the time and Jerry's like I don't have to be funny he said am I being funny right now and Lynn goes yeah kinda he's <laughs> just like you're funny yeah. um, and so and, 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 and that's a great thing and yeah so why not do that in fact and I know uh, Bill Cosby is you know persona non grata by the way ladies and gentlemen we've We've gathered a large audience of frogs tonight, and they're really enjoying the show, so I apologize. It's been raining for pretty much five days. You know what? what? Ticketmaster has fucked it up again. There you go. And Cosby Cosby really never... sold tickets to frogs. There you go. And Cosby really never swore, and and to point out how he never swore, he had a one bit where he talks about people doing drugs, and then he doesn't get it. But people would get high or they do cocaine and he says, you know, I asked my friend, well, why do you do cocaine? And he says, well, it intensifies your personality. And Cosby says, yes, but what if you're an asshole? Mm-hmm. Which is a great line and it's even better because he never swears. Exactly. And then he so says the that in the crowd. A, right. It, it, it's meaningful. Right. It's for a fact. Exactly. So not only is, is the joke spot on. If every word out of your mouth cor- is. Correct a mundo. You're 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 going you, yeah. you're going nuclear in a way, and yeah. it's interesting. Yes, William. My dad, as many of you have heard me mention before, um, <clears throat> after serving the Air Force and then uh, selling insurance, 
became a preacher 25 years and he did not swear right I'm not saying he never swore but every now and then maybe once a year from the pulpit he'd refer to somebody as a jackass and he did it exactly what you're talking about it was for effect it got your attention you're like whoa Hey, 100%. Pastor Bill, 100%. motherfucker. No, and that, that's it. And, and, and this that is some bitch has something to say. And this isn't. And, and this isn't. And this isn't a political thing. But having, I, I've I've had the privilege of being able to hear a couple of oral arguments at the Supreme Court, and depending on the justice, sometimes they 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 ask lots of questions. They're very verbal. Very famously, Clarence Thomas is not. Yes. So if Clarence Thomas asks a question, and I was there when he asked one, the crowd, and the crowd has to be quiet. I mean, the, the think about, ladies and I've gentlemen, there, once, yeah. there you go. Think about, ladies and gentlemen, being in a, in a church where there's something very, it's very, um, uh, it's very serious. Maybe it's a funeral, maybe it's a, whatever it is, and, and hush is the order of the day. It's like that all the time in the Supreme Court. And if you start to make a ruckus at all, you get invited by security to leave. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the punchline here. If you must talk, make it a whisper. No, 100%. If you must whisper, make it a prayer. There you go. And if you want to chew a piece of gum, unwrap it and chew it before you get into the court because someone's going to look at you like, look, buddy, you're about to be out of here. But the point is with Clarence Thomas is, I've been there, and Clarence Thomas asked a question, and he, as soon as he asked, started to talk, the entire crowd was, oh, it was a hush. It was a, what just happened? He's alive. Because all he doesn't, alive. well, right. All over the world tonight. Right, but, right, because he, it's just not something he does, and that's just, it's just one of those things, which, of course, then has a great effect, right? It's like, oh, he's... Because I, you you don't have to like the guy, but I think he's an, I think he's an excellent writer. He's certainly a smart dude. And then with him not asking questions, well, then that means if he does ask the question, well, he cares about it, and maybe he's got a point. And that's kind of the whole dealio. I didn't mean to get no, but the same thing. uh, Jim Gaffigan's the same way. One hundred percent. He rarely swears. And I'm not sure I've ever heard Brian Regan swear. I have. Uh, very, very recently. Actually, Jerry Seinfeld has... But has, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There we go. Sorry. My bad. So, Paul, who would be the influential comedians that you would like to discuss? Uh, well, there are a couple. I would like to ask one question in between. And um, what what you were mentioning with Groucho Marx, and I think this is what you are getting at, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, um, even though you could be killed at any time, uh, UPC, you. Um one of the things that I think is it, what you were getting at, but you didn't... You put words in my mouth as you long as you don't charge me yeah, for the yeah. meal. <laughs> so, but you didn't say it specifically, is is there's a change in, in mediums or venues, right? Going from live stage to film, mm-hmm. it's different, yeah. right? The present... Now, it's, it's not that... It's not that the funny isn't funny. It's that film isn't as big. You don't have to be as big. And to make that transition, and then to make a transition that then people emulate, that's a really big deal, changing mediums, changing venues. Well, I'm, I'm talking about ground. I was 
thinking, when mm-hmm. I mentioned Groucho Marx, I was thinking, like, his post-Marx Brothers film era, where it was You Bet Your Life. Sure. And he was doing all these appearances on Dick Cavett and Tonight Show and things like that, where it was just him being off-the-cuff funny. But... And maybe doing a little two minutes of a little stand-up bit or something, whatever. Sure. But it, back then, stand-up wasn't really a thing in the 50s and 60s. And, you know, so it's... And we his have, spon- we can't compare apples and oranges. Agree. But, but his, his spontaneity, his too. off the cuff, his linguistic humor, it was very... It was the most... He was... I would put it this way. He is the most British American comedian... <laughs> We've Very ever interesting. Had. Very interesting. It, it's almost like what he did on those types of appearances of shows is what you would refer to today as a comedian doing crowd work. Okay. Um, exactly. He, did, he wasn't doing. It's improv. He wasn't doing. Yeah, improv, but not like, hey, give me a name of a place. No, but yeah. and then just to for and then but but it's. You saying that though, right? So moving from vaudeville to movies, and then moving from movies to a, a game show, where you have to have that. It's the game show. There's certainly, there's certainly a little competition going on, but it's but it's it's a talk show combination. And so he, that the he, game show wasn't really a game show. It wasn't like sure Jeopardy, where you're there to sure. win a bunch of money. The game, the the viewer attraction, was Groucho. Of course. No, one hundred percent. It wasn't really like somebody's gonna win a million dollars today. It but was to do, right, but but it was to, like Liars Club in the seventies or exactly. Hollywood one, Squares. You got one take in you a know, movie. Hollywood Squares. One hundred percent. In a movie, cut. No, one hundred percent. Scene four. There you go. Let's go. Yes. Twelve. Take. Yes, exactly. And and that's the thing. And so now we're talking about three different venues, three different mediums, the stage the screen and then the small screen and the yeah. small screen is yeah. basically a live kind of uh, mm-hmm. shoot kind of thing and yes yeah, so he's I'm I'm just with you all the way as well the nature of his humor that's, that was the thing I was getting at is his I would say not the vaudeville stuff but the uh, the film stuff where he's got jokes and lines mm-hmm. and then that Transitions to the, uh, the the TV stuff. That kind of humor, mm-hmm. the type of humor, and I'm. It's almost like talking about music, where I know, I know what things sound like, but I'm not a musician. Understood. I know what comedy is like, and I love it, and I'm fishing out of it, but I'm not a comedian. With you all the way. No, and that's. But yeah, I the the legacy of Groucho is. Hundred percent in today's standard. Agree, and the difference, and the and the difference to me with him, if you compare him to other people, like um, early in his career, I didn't think Letterman was that great, but but he became a really great interviewer, and he was really good. <laughs> right, exactly. He was really, and he was really good on the spot, and it's not that he didn't have some planned questions, that kind of thing, yeah. and all that. But the thing with Groucho is. I was mentioning like you know some guys they're just funny right you got you got the really funny friend okay but that just because you get the really funny friend doesn't mean they can be a stand-up but Groucho was this combination of the really funny friend who could entertain but then had a but then was really at the height of being a showman and then he just make that a combination and you just 
it was just no. He, you're the best. It's just the way it is. There's also a humility with Groucho. You, you're, you're he agree. did not. He didn't want to like. You know, bring the entire restaurant. For example, uh, you know these anecdotes about him being in. A, he didn't want to like get all the people to stop eating and praise him and laugh at him. He wasn't a. He wasn't a ham. Right. He Agreed. was just gonna like make the waiter laugh. And the people at his table laugh. Well, he was and, sin- and he was for the sincere. rest of the dinner, uh, the Correct. rest of the uh, dining experience, he didn't want anyone else to even know he was there. Yeah, kind of thing. no, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And then yeah. just right, it, it was, and it was like even it was on, when he was on Dick Cavett, and and he was amazing on Dick Cavett. Yeah. It was almost incidental. It's like, oh, we're just having a conversation, and then all of a sudden, it's some of the funniest stuff you've ever heard, or some of the great observational stuff you've ever heard. It was, yeah. it was excellent. Um, okay. So, did you have something, William? Well, I was going to say... Yes, I was going to do it, but I feel like Bill had something bit, to say. A little bit more technical towards the, the podcast. Sure. The if frogs want to know. on our next podcast mm. could not have me mic each one of these tree frogs... Well... Number one, I don't know if you know how hard that is. It, it, it really is. We have no some, wonder our mic budget is through the roof. Our, <laughs> Why are you? Who's miking all the frogs? Our sound crew is um, in, impeccable. They're, def- they're obviously when using. they're even when they're high, they're impeccable. And yeah. and 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 Paul has a key grip. Uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you, <laughs> I don't even know about his best boy. <laughs> His name is Timmy. Help me with the bags. That's my roadie. I'm like, help me with the bags. He's like, certainly. You take the blonde, I'll take the one in the toy. Oh, hello. That's fantastic. Marty Feldman doing Groucho Marx. Oh, my God. Marty Feldman. That's the influence of Groucho Marx. Yeah. There you go. It's fantastic. Um, so, well, for so for my... Bugs um, Bunny, by the way. Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny is Groucho Marx. Yep. Entirely intended to be mm-hmm. a cartoon Groucho Marx. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. It should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. Certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. So he, he just happens to have a carrot instead of a, yeah, a instead cigar. Of a cigar. Yeah. Right. It's a natural. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go ahead, That's the influence. No, no that, to me, I think I win the most influential comic. Okay, right. We'll, uh, I think I will. We'll, I, you know, there's one. We'll, I, 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 I want to hear yours. That's okay. No, we'll, we'll consider it. That's, that's you, fine. But if oh, you wait, miss we'll, one, I'm going We're back. already like no, 20 so, minutes into this motherfucker, and like, <laughs> Paul hasn't even gotten got, so, done his. Good thing so, there's only three of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want to run long. Yeah. So, the, uh, so my two, as far as influential people, and this has something to do with um, what I remember growing up, even though I wasn't allowed to hear some of it, and, but I, that I got to hear some of it are um, the first one is George Carlin. Thank you. Uh, George Carlin is is the, the first um, comedic album that I listened to is George Carlin, and then I heard an older one that he had, and then just and then later in life, listening to some of the stuff that was even older with him doing a newscast where he's not just doing the... hippy-dippy news weather guy? Right, right. hippy-dippy weatherman. Um, Al Sleet, the hippy-dippy weatherman with all the hippy-dippy weather, man. Um, And uh, Biff Barf, chewing up the sports and spitting them back at you. So it was very... um, And and, uh, just really 
not influential, um, really funny in all of the bits, and uh, and just and smart. That's part of it. Is is the smart part, right? And Lenny Bruce was smart, but even though he was blue, but but George Carlin, I feel, really feel like had this. If the frogs loved George, apparently, the um just this 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 infusion of let's let's talk about this only instead of just saying hey you know what I mean or even though I um uh, you know love the one liners him saying you know consider this right consider that this is is a big deal or even the sports scores where he'd say you know uh um you know uh, uh in in the Ivy League uh you know Princeton 24 MIT 6 to the 4th power you know things like that right where you're like all right know something about MIT um, or just or making reference to um, you know historic figures and uh, and 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 you know uh, the atomic bomb and things like that he was a really smart guy yes sir what do you have so, to say uh, George Carlin uh, obviously he has a clear there's a period and I can't put my finger on what year it was, but sure. he did that straight-laced Jack Parr Tonight Show kind of like wearing a suit, doing the, you know, vanilla jokes, and then in the 60s he completely turned a card and became uh, the George Carlin that most of us know, and and really the best, the best George Carlin. And he his grew his hair. was weak. <sighs> was bland and whatever, do you know what inspired him to, help him to make that transition? I believe what it comedian? was. What comedian? Oh. I, I w well, I would have, I mean. Lenny I Bruce. Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yep. It makes perfect Lenny Bruce. Um, and then my, um, my second guy. Before you get to your second guy. Sure. Go back to George Carlin. Let's do it. You mentioned the first album you heard was George Carlin. Probably, if I can remember, the first one I heard was Steve Martin. Okay. And I didn't know that much about George Carlin. And I knew him from the seven things you can't say on television. Sure. That was the first thing I remember about him. And you just, uh, UPC, close one there. Uh, you oh, just... Uh, that was touch tips. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost a travesty. Um, but, uh, <laughs> They're very nice. Very <laughs> um, The uh, hearing about George Carlin and knowing about him and seeing some of his stand up and it was it was funny. It wasn't my style. And going back. Uh, gosh, in the last year or so, and seeing him in the black suit and the skinny black tie on Jack Parr, right? I was like, this guy's fucking amazing. And you're calling it the lame ass vanilla it stuff. Really was. It was the and love I'm me. Like, it was the if if George Carlin and the Beatles, it was the love me do era of the Beatles. I yeah, I guess, but. It spoke to me more but than... But after he had his Sgt. Pepper's period in the 60s when he did all the college stuff with the hippy-dippy uh, yeah, right, man and right. all that stuff. But George Carlin 
really got better and better until he died. His stuff in the 90s, his yes. HBO specials. And some of his stuff in the 90s, oh I did, my I will agree. God, but I would stuff go back so with that, good. back to, uh, and I've heard his daughter uh, talk about him on talk radio before, uh, about, you know, his influence on people, and always recognized him as a very intelligent Comedian for for a comedian, very intelligent. He's a very person. bright dude. Um, dude, I, if George Carlin had run for president, <laughs> I would have voted for well, him. It just okay. wasn't my style. His, his awareness about all right. of the bullshit, but again, in society and government, everything like, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, but I respect it. Again, yeah. like the Beatles, I. And I more than respect him. I uh, look, Paul McCartney and the Wings. I think are better than the Beatles. I agree with you. I hope nobody no, sends me hate you. mail. <laughs> um, but, but that was a different show that we did. Yes, it was. Yeah. Paul is getting a beer, and then he's going to come back with his second influencer. And uh, by the I way, for those of you who don't have a camera. Uh, Paul gave us some nice plumber's butt <laughs> while he was digging around in that beer fridge. And uh, I would just like yeah. to say to the frogs, well, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you for that. That was very good. Um, so the, the second guy and and um, uh, that I really think, and it's interesting because they were, him and Carlin were really good friends, is George Pryor. I mean, Richard Pryor. George Pryor. Oh, that George Pryor. <laughs> Sorry, not George Carlin. Richard George Pryor. Pryor. Um, no, and and yeah. because Richard Pryor was doing, he was doing social commentary things, and he was also doing some blue stuff, but he was just really able to zero in on things that rang true with people, and he would and he would be talking about some things. That had to do with race, and not just that. Not cliches. Correct. Not right. Exactly. Not just cliches about. Um, even though, you know, cliches start with at least an ounce of truth, but not just talking about the the way that um, black people in America were getting short shrift, to say the least, but but also the relationship between black people and white people and perceptions of each other and this sort of thing and and they rang true and and often what he did was pick on something that was a that was a misunderstanding right that was a a, misperce, a misconception or a misperception and and make a joke out of it and it was and he was outstanding at doing that um, and um, and and he also you know he he didn't have the he didn't have a great upbringing, and I don't mean that just because he was poor. He had he had some troubles. He got he had some instances of being abused badly, uh, but but it was uh, but that's the other guy. And 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 one of my favorite little uh, tributes, I guess you could say, um, to uh, Richard Pryor was George Carlin um, had he had his second heart attack and after the heart attack he did a, a comeback special on HBO and um, and he comes out and of course the crowd goes wild and and 
you know, he says, oh, you know, it's really good to be back, and, you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that I missed this time, he said, but, you know, here's the thing is, you know, my, uh, my good friend, and, you know, he's a great comedian, Richard Pryor, and everybody goes, you know, goes wild for saying Richard Pryor, he said, you know, Richard, he had, he had heart, a heart attack, and, and I was just like, well, I mean, he can't just have the fun, so I went and had a heart attack, he said, well, then after that, Richard tried to blow himself up, and I said, well, screw that, I'm going to have another heart attack. Which is so, you know, so perfect, and I'm sure... That's a great homage, though. It's correct. Like so much respect for correct. prior. And, like, and, I'm, and I know I laugh my butt off, but I'm guessing maybe no one laughed their butt off more than Richard Pryor listening yeah. to that. Um, so, so those, in, in, and again, it's when, when I grew up, but it's... In terms of influence, so many people took things from Carlin and Pryor. It's, uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Um, when that incident happened where Richard uh, tried to blow himself up, mm -hmm. my aunt worked at the National Bureau of Standards in Washington, <laughs> D.C. I can't wait for this. And that's where they, you will find the official time clock you know, for like the United States or the yeah. world, oh, the wow. official yardstick, the official yeah, meter, more than one, all of, yeah, but I'm saying, sure. I, I, I only the know the U.S. Naval one. Observatory is Yeah, the, yeah, I understand that, I get yeah. that, but at the NB, at the National Bureau of Standards, is where they have all these measurements. Yeah. They also do a lot of safety testing and things like that. And of course, when that happened, and it was what related to crack or cocaine, I think it was freebasing. Yeah, freebasing free yeah. yeah. cocaine. And his publicist came out and said, uh, "Yeah, he, uh, you know, lit a big lighter and it blew up in his face." My aunt got called into work immediately, <laughs> and they started testing big lighters. <laughs> I mean, they, that, that was, they were like, uh, "Shut down what you're doing." <laughs> We had a comedian blow himself up with a Bic lighter. We got to test all the Bic lighters. I don't know. I'm guessing it was a little bit more, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, substantial than a Bic lighter, but I don't know. Well, yeah. I'm just, but it's a uh, sad yeah. thing. I'm it's just, a bummer. Yeah, yeah. And I so mean, I rode with her. JoJo Dancer, have we not? <laughs> However, come on. I rode with her to the National Bureau the of story Standards is out. Yes. to see it. In the back of a Ford Pinto. <laughs> and that's a true fucking story, Aunt Joyce. And that's the truth. Oh, you can't write that. That's a beautiful thing. And, and you got to you got to the National Bureau right. of Standards, and they had a big lighter that was like one foot tall by eight inches yeah, wide. We ran, we backed into it with the Pinto and blew. He yeah, boom, good. Good. He boom. Boom. real good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so yes, sir, EPC. Okay, so I want to know what you guys have as you's guys, you's guys have as your favorite comedian. Ooh. I'm gonna let's. Well, young. What do you I, got? I mean, there are so many, mm. and there are generations. Okay, how about this? Let's do two. Dead. And a lot. Uh, I don't have any. Okay. Dead how about how you about don't have any, okay? Like any how about comedians? How about an addendum? Well, we just talked about George, Craig, and Carl. Okay. How about addendum to that? How about okay. how about older and newer? 
older and well, newer. What is older and newer? Well, it could be dead, but it could be a guy 80s, whose heyday 90s, was... La- this last century, this century. Active, inactive. How about that? How about, Whether how about, they're dead no, or alive. No, active or inactive. Most of them are, I'm going to go... Jeez. Well, you know what? Fuck you guys. Mean this <laughs> oh, my God. I thought this was about comedy. Yeah, look, this is now about like look, 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 Lenny. Watch your language. Go ahead. I feel like a dentist. I'm pulling Go teeth. Go for here. it. What's going on? Yeah, I'll be a dentist. Uh, <laughs> I'll be a dentist. There. Uh, when, we're talk, when we're talking about stand-up Steve comedians, yes. Steve Martin is not my all-time favorite stand-up comedian. Um, love his stuff, his movies more than his stand-up. Um, it's really tough to nail sure. it down. Yeah. Because Stephen Wright, you know, he was Uh-oh. one of my first influences. Uh, Heidi was out here uh, interrupting before we got started. <laughs> UPC actually said, Heidi, the men are talking. And uh, I watched Heidi literally, literally, literally pee the bed laughing at Stephen Wright. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite Stephen Wright jokes I got is to see him when they said, hey, if you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? And he told his teacher, I'd be a bird. And she said, why? So you could fly? And he said, no, so my shit would be white. <laughs> and uh, that's a great joke. But damn, lost the buttonholes, one of the funniest jokes ever written. Uh, he, he gave way to Mitch Hedberg. Um, oh, and so I love those guys. But my all-time favorite stand-up comedian, and three years ago, Paul and I got to go see him live. Mm. Uh, Brian Regan. Oh my gosh. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida, I believe, down yeah, that area originally. Yeah. And he's one of those guys like Seinfeld who doesn't work blue at all. Yeah. He goes Exactly. And every now and then he throws out a weird you know, a, a curse word, but man, it's like once every other album. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that was verbatim. That's yeah, exactly yeah, what Brian Regan says. Uh, Bill's but now working he, on his impression uh, routine. His his stand up routines about about just he just does this dumb guy impression, you know, where you get off the elevator on the wrong floor and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, boxing. <laughs> there are many moose in. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. You know, the, uh, by the way, if you don't get what's the reference? plural of ox? Oxen. What's the plural of box? Boxing. Jermaine, 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 Tito Jackson. I think we should have started this with if anyone listening doesn't get these references, fuck all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> go down a YouTube rabbit hole go, and figure go this shit out. Watch, go watch. Figure uh, this shit out. He's done one. He did one uh, right after uh, the troubles. Um, and uh, live at Red Rocks, you know, he did a Red Rocks one, um, and it's weird because he went, he, he he went into his house during COVID with brown hair and came out with white hair. Yes. Um, it was like Moses on the mountain, you know. But he does uh, one of the funniest things I ever saw. He was doing a stand-up routine, and he does a stand-up routine about. School spelling bee, science fair, and and you know the big yellow one's the sun. And he goes, this kid can't even zip his own pants, but he can create a solar system. You know, oh, you're breaking new ground there, Copernicus. And uh, you know, I know we said we weren't going to do that, but I can't. No, but they're hilarious. Um, 
And yeah. so I'm watching this stand-up routine on Netflix or whatever, right. Prime, I don't know. And he's Pirate on stage, <laughs> and he's on stage, and nobody threw a camera at him, hit him in the face like it's going on now. Somebody in the balcony just stood up and went, the big yellow one's the sun! <laughs> and instead of Brian Regan getting mad, he couldn't continue for several minutes because he was laughing so that's hard. fantastic. And it was awesome because that's a that's a 25-year-old routine. It is, yeah. And this, and it, it's it's that good. It yeah. is going to the optometrist, and uh, you know your eyes are exactly or level. One or two. Yeah, one or two. <laughs> now, now, now. <laughs> you, know, you know. No, his whole he, bits. His and they're all wholesome and clean and 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 they're funny. And he I mean, told he tells a joke. Funny. He says, "My son." He said, "I hear him through the kids' monitor in the room." Dad, can you come upstairs. I have a joke for your show. And his son, go, he goes up and he goes, what is it, son? He goes, why don't dinosaurs laugh? He goes, I don't know, son. Why don't dinosaurs laugh? And his son goes, because they're all dead. <laughs> so he's probably oh. my Great choice. favorite. Great choice. But you said two, right? Mm, we, yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like old school, new school. Or okay, dead alive, I gotta, I gotta call Brian Regan, eighties, nineties, old school. He's still current though. He's still new school. It. Yes. Oh my God. God, it's a tough choice, but I think it's Tom Segura. Okay. Uh, Good choice. Yeah. Segura. Segura. Uh, Segura. What are you mm. Japanese? Segura. Smee. Uh, <laughs> 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 he he just put out a new stand-up. He does one like every two years. It's very funny. And uh, of all of his that he, I think this is his fifth one, the the least funniest was Ball Hog. The least funniest? Le how else? Did I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be the proper. Least funny, least funniest, That's whatever. The Go. one that wasn't as funny as the other. I, okay. <laughs> would be Ball Hog. And, uh, I feel like oh, are we on air? I feel like we're on an on Oh, shit, shit. I thought this was up. a fucking mic check. <laughs> um, but he, <laughs> he, he's, he's really good. I mean, he, he, he does a little blue, but it's not, no. it's not like, no. it's not like, uh, oh, and please, I hope we have time to do a Who I Hate the Most. Oh, we're going to um, do that thing, damn okay. sure. Yeah. Because I have a lot uh, of fucking hacks that but, I want to call out. But the other one... Oh, wait, I think that's uh, next round is uh, favorite routines, so I'll save that. But I would say Tom Segura is new wave. Okay. Last 10 years, uh, he's put out five stand-up routines. They've all been successful. His last stand-up tour, Sledgehammer, <laughs> I've already watched it, I think, four times. It's very And good. it's been out maybe two weeks. And he had worldwide... 700,000 people attend his shows. That's gross. He, That's at, gross. At 100 bucks a pop, he made at least 40 bucks. I mean, you it's, know. That's correct. I mean, no, it's like. 700,000. No, it's like a big, it's like a more serious. People, I mean, yeah, more people died during COVID. <laughs> no, but that's a serious <laughs> rock band tour. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, and he played everywhere. Yeah. I mean, all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like ELO. Or, and, yeah, or Johnny Cash. I mean, just, you know, it's impressive. 
that's really no. But, I'm yeah, with you, on I, you know there there are some other ones. Uh, Nate Bargatze, um, Pete Holmes. Uh, there's a bunch. God, I love stand-up comedy. I could go on for days. But Tom Segura. This is why we're cutting you off. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know. no, no. <laughs> That's not why Heidi cut me off. And by the way, it also wasn't because you're not funny, because you certainly are. Um, UPC, what do you got for your Favorite? for your two your two like maybe old okay. school maybe right. new schooly? I'm gonna start with my current yeah, active living oh, okay. favorite, which is Stuart Lee. And most of you have never heard of them. Correct. Because he doesn't Greenish. give a shit about leaving the UK to do anything. He, his act is not tailored to an leaving audience. the UK is right out. His act is not tailored to an audience that doesn't understand the dynamics of living in the UK, the regions, accents, politics, whatever. This guy is brilliant, and he completely uh, is influenced, uh, whether or not he admits it, George Carlin is a huge influence, particularly George Carlin in the 90s. Uh, influenced Stuart Lee? Yes. Okay, yeah. I thought you meant the other way around. Yeah, he is very much a George Carlin uh, protege, and this is just me That's talking. Protege. And uh, <laughs> this guy does, what he does is he has things, he has bits that take 20 minutes. Yep. Not in the Norm McDonald way. <laughs> but what these bits are, they involve intentionally crowd work. Like crowd work is part of his bit. And he's very funny. So wait, Asian. so you're saying he doesn't fill the van up with cheese sandwiches? No, no. <laughs> Unless you, I mean, he has a few in case you actually go to the van. He's got a couple of cheese sandwiches. Would you like to go to my van? Um, yeah, his caravan, as I say in Edward's lorry, right. his bonnet, yeah. his lorry. But no, this guy is so brilliant. He. Is very intelligent and he's, and he does long, long format jokes. They're not. He's not a. He's not a yeah. one-liner guy. Sure. Uh, we can't all be handy young men. Stories. And these stories are just. The end doesn't even matter. There's no punchline at the end. The whole point is you are carried along by this construct and he makes Ricky Gervais look like a a total hack. Well, could I, could I and he also does shit on all his peers agree. in the British comedy scene. Like he actually will do a, a a 30 second thing. He's like, well if you know so and so was doing this joke, this is how it would go. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm not that guy, so <laughs> fuck him. William. And he just keeps going, and it's so good. Oh, my God. William, Stuart William. Lee with a W. S-T-E-W-A-R-T. He's also, here's the problem. He has almost nothing available on streaming, and he is religious about takedowns. If anybody's putting his stuff up on YouTube or whatever, he will 
So prosecute that and la- have it ladies, taken and, down. ladies and gentlemen, go buy some Stuart Lee. Yes. William, what were you going to ask? I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. When you talk about the construct of his jokes, mm-hmm. not Norm MacDonald telling a, a long... Long-winded. Long-winded joke. Yeah. Would you put him... And, and you've... Look, folks, we've heard about Stuart Lee multiple times mm-hmm. from UPC. Yeah. Um, and uh, But would you put him in an American uh, that... Am, am I right or wrong in putting him in the category of a... As an American comedian, Mike Birbiglia. Yes. Okay. That's actually I've never thought of that. But if you want to give, if if I have to make some Story sort of American tell. analog, it's Mike Birbiglia combined with a little bit of Norm Macdonald and but a, a little bit of George Carlin and a lot of George Carlin. Okay. Very nice. But okay. Imagine if George Carlin strung out something and the whole point (laughs) no not that old stuff but I'm talking about his 90s early 2000s stuff before he died the if George Carlin strung out some sort of really satirical biting he does not pull punch it like he is very satirical this is not light hearted comedy this is social commentary kind of stuff that's where the George Carlin comes in Gotcha. But, what what about yeah. your uh, older school one? Old school, um, gosh, um, it's really tough. I would say Stephen Wright, even though he's still active, I think Stephen Wright is from an earlier era when he was more active, and I 80s, actually got 80s. to see him live. He's prior to the 80s. I mean, like, Stephen Wright. Okay, I don't really know exactly awesome. the year, but that's what I remember him in, is the 80s. Yeah, he's not really doing much now, if at all. But, um, yeah, you know what? I need to give a shout-out to the Catskills comedians. Okay. You know, we're going to talk about old school. We got Shecky Green. We got uh, people like Mel Brooks or whatever. You know, you're... Your cat skills. Don Rickles. Yeah, Rick. Oh, there it is. That's my. <laughs> that that's no. the one. Rickles is amazing. Rickles. There are so many. I, the I, king of uh, warmth. I got to the, see Rickles literally. I literally got to see Rickles more than forty years ago. Oh my god! And not You're only that old. Yeah, I am very old. <laughs> and he is. Yeah, no, it's. In fact, can someone help me up in my chair a little bit? Okay. Yeah. So, we, ne- we never mentioned Eddie Izzard as an influencer. Oh, oh, no, Holy but shit. Eddie Izzard's great. But just, just very briefly, but we're yeah. talking about working the crowds. So and not only does Rickles have his routine, oh, but but he, his routine includes. I saw work. him. Like he makes. I saw he, him work the. He, I, he probably, if if he never had a crowd, if he had to do like a. If he never had a, a script, no live crowd, he would, he would just have. Oh, no, he would fall down. No, it's totally true. And and the thing is, he would mess with everybody. Yeah. But he would mess with them in a funny way and not make them feel bad about it. And everybody, I mean everybody, he just yeah. he would pick out anybody who looked 
different or not different from him in the crowd and go like, oh, what's your name? I said, oh, it's Bob. So you're not, you're not a Jew, huh? It's going to be okay. You might get in anyway. Yeah. And that kind of, that yeah. kind of thing. I have two stories about Don Rickles. One is a personal story. My ex-girlfriend, her uh, grandmother was a showgirl in the 50s in uh, New York at, you know, Copacabana or one of those uh, nightclub sure. lounge yeah, yeah. kind of places. I have it on authority from her, from the woman, yes. that she hooked up with Don Rickles. Don was a ladies' man. Yeah. As, as unlikely as it may seem. She had a little thing. Well, a lot right. of people, I think, yeah. There you go. The oh. other is, uh, there's a story about Don Rickles with, uh, he's in some place, uh, Frank Sinatra and his little uh, sure. Rat Pack kind of guys, you know. Yeah. Thinks, you know go. Um, the <laughs> there's this whole thing where um, he's having he's Don Rickles is not actually performing. He's having dinner, and Frank Sinatra comes over because they were they were kind of cronies a little bit. Sure. And, Comes over and he goes, Frank, can't you see I'm talking to a woman here? Get out of here. You know, and like, <laughs> can you imagine anybody doing no. that to Frank Sinatra no. in the late 50s, early 60s? <laughs> no. no. But talk about Mr. Warmth. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, he's yeah. fantastic. Well, so my, my two are, are kind of quick. Um, so my older school guy, and it's not that he isn't irrelevant. But his heyday was eighties, nineties, and if and and one of my things is kind of like with music, like, you know, if you put this thing on, I can't turn it off. Movies too, right? That movie's on, I'm not going to be able to turn this yeah, off. Like, yeah, airplane. And, right, absolutely. And and the and the first, the older school guy is Seinfeld. I can't. Just he's about the show. Seinfeld, no, well, 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 most of the show, like not. I'm not in love with every every show, but I yeah. I mean I like all the shows. Really, I do. Um, and there's a couple here and there, like, ah, whatever. But he's great in the show. But his stand-up stuff is impeccable. It's just every bit is funny. Yeah. I don't, there's not a bit that I don't think is funny. And then, but my, but my current guy, and I'm just, that's not a surprise. But I mean, just, and then the clean thing doesn't hurt at all. It doesn't. It's just like, look, you can be really funny. Absolutely. Just right. And then, and then the current guy, who's not clean in the least, but as one of the current comedians uh, saving uh, the uh, First Amendment is Bill Burr. Ah. Bill Burr just, Yay. he has he has these long bits and yeah. he will talk about something with some social revel- relevance that you don't even necessarily feel like is socially revel- relevant as he's talking about it. And he just, he, he just threads the needle. He nails it. And, and, and it's amazing. And the thing is, if you watch him do the bit, and then you watch him in another venue do the same bit, it's amazing also how he clearly has a joke that he knows that is scripted 95%. But every time he delivers it, it just sounds like he's just telling you a story he just thought of. And it's mind-blowing how good he is at it. And and the just Chappelle's very similar to me, but Chappelle's has his has had his own odd kind of 
kind of dealio. But the, but the most current guy that's having like his biggest success, as far as I know, has been like the last five years. Is is really Bill Burr. So that's what I got. You know, I'm. I I live mm -hmm. almost live for stand-up comedy. Sure. And and as Paul mentioned, I I tell jokes. A lot of jokes. Now I'm a cover band. You don't media. write them. <laughs> we, you don't write them. I I you tell retell I, jokes. I tell some stories. Uh, I could probably put together a a hour long show about my father in law. <laughs> and um, and and probably have a modicum of success. Sure. But as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm realizing that Larry's not here, Ferg is not here, Michael's not here, Dave's not here, and I know that there. I know that Ferg would mention Dave Attell. Oh. My gosh. Because if you've ever listened to this podcast, you've heard, anywho, that was her name. <laughs> yeah. And that comes from a joke where David Tell says he was dating a Native American girl and he broke up with her and she wouldn't leave him alone. So finally, he coughed into her blanket. <laughs> it's so terrible. And the crowd just groans. <laughs> Uh, and he goes, anywho, <laughs> well, that was her name. Oh, my gosh. And when we hang out at the trail, our conversations last a lot longer mm. because if you say a certain word, then you have to stop. Like if you say, oh, my wife, what? Uh, my wife, right. you know, and, and uh, but you know, just as we're sitting here talking, and I know we're going to talk about ones we hate, and um, and and I did think of, I said I don't know any dead comedians, uh, Greg Giraldo, I rest in peace. Gotta love that man. He was yeah. so funny. His roasts, oh my gosh. were the best. He was outstanding. Um, another dead comedian. Who talk about improvisation? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Jonathan Winters. Oh my gosh. Jonathan well, Winters. What? Yeah. But I mean, Jonathan Winters. One of the the thing I remember most about Jonathan Winters. And by the way, I take it back. It wasn't Steve Martin, my first comedian I heard. It was Bill Cosby. But he is such a pariah now. Correct. We don't even mention. Yeah, it's him. hard to tell. No, uh, Bill Cosby's shit is funny. Yeah. His his story about the the dentist and uh, oh my yeah, god, fire! And the Cosby. It, but anyway, uh, Jonathan Winters was on Johnny Carson. <laughs> and oh, are you now, talking about the one with? No, the one Robin with Williams? Robin Williams is one of the greatest okay. things ever done. In the history of TV, I'm surprised they both didn't have heart attacks and die. They, I think they did. Um, <laughs> but Jonathan Winters was on, and he was talking to uh, Johnny Carson, and he tells him about this book of stories or poems that he wrote, and one was about a soldier coming back from World War One or World War Two, and he had gone to what's what's the the 
USO? USO. Yeah. And the guy went to the USO dance after yeah. World War One. Sure. And World it was uh, ten cents, and you could dance with a beautiful girl. There you goes, go. I walked in the room, and I saw you there, and you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. And you walked up to me, and you asked me if you, if I, if I, if I wanted to dance, and I said, of course I do. And we were dancing, and Johnny Carson's just getting fucking drawn into this. Sure. Drawn in. And this is how I tell stories, you know. This is how yeah. I tell jokes. And he's getting yeah. drawn in and drawn in and drawn in. And all of a sudden, John Winter goes, of course, nobody wanted to dance with a one-legged man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I just, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. And Carson laughed his butt off. He's just... Like, the hook is all oh, the way in the totally cheek, and he's, sad. like, flopping out of the water. <laughs> and that's how I tell jokes. And yeah. people get mad at me no, because if they're talking about doorbells, and I have a doorbell joke because I have a joke for everything that somehow I memorized. I won't remember your name, but I'll remember right. the joke. And I will weave that into a story and then just burn you. Oh, yes. And it no. just makes me feel good. And it, and, it, and it makes me feel good. It's fantastic. Paul, you, you uh, mentioned Bill Burr, right? I did. I will take your Bill Burr and mm-hmm. I will raise you Jim Jeffries. Okay. I think Jim Jeffries is a, in a very similar vein as okay. Bill Burr. And I think he's actually funnier. Okay, well, I don't, and there's, I have a couple of reasons why. Okay. And then who's the guy not... I always confuse... I know his name isn't Jim Jeffries. I know who Jim Jeffries is. Yeah. But yeah, then there's see. but then there's an English guy. He always wears a suit. And he uh, always sort of Jimmy talks Carr. like that. Jimmy Carr. Jimmy <laughs> Carr. And I always... And I just never remember his name. I don't know why. But I think Jim Jeffries and Jimmy Carr are funny. But the thing that pisses me off about Jimmy Jim Jeffries is yeah. sometimes he just mocks crap just to mock it. And I don't think it's that funny. He just thinks it's it's mockable. I, everything is mockable. Well, everything's mockable, but it's not funny if you mock Your religion is mockable. No, I, it is. Everything but, is yeah, mockable. But the you second can be, time you've brought that up, you'd your be paternity you can, is mockable. But you, can, but you can mock yeah. it in a funny way or just mock it because just about every okay. Marriage. Ricky Gervais. Look, let me give you this. Ricky Gervais is the one who mocks things a bit unnecessarily. Uh, okay. Can we agree on that? Yes, but yes, yeah, he's still funny. Yes, but he makes it funny. My point is, is I think marriage is a great thing. Now, half the marriages in the in the United States mm-hmm. end in divorce, but and you can mock marriage in a very funny way, or you can just mock it like, why in God's name do you think you can spend your life with somebody? It's ridiculous. What are you, an idiot? Have you had a conversation with me? <laughs> Yes, but my point is you can also just make a joke about marriage that's funny as opposed to just going, ah, you're a moron. And 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 I I prefer to go for something that has a little truth to it than just you're a moron. So that's where I'm at. Well, that was like the girl at the trail the other night that UPC said, yeah, I, I went ahead and got the snip snip. And she was like, oh, I so wanted to have a baby with you. For <laughs> <laughs> the record... For the record, if any woman wants to have a baby with me, that's a red flag. By the way, I'm pretty sure that woman was Ricky Gervais in drag. But no, that's it was just... Eddie Izzard. Okay, sorry. Uh, Why, what? I, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> well, no, when he left, he went, ciao. All right, so last... Ciao. Real quick, real quick, real yes, quick. Sir. Yeah. Because Bill Burr, I'm going to weigh in on the Jim Jeffries, Bill Burr. Lamb. I think they're very similar. I don't. 
I think Bill Burr is more talking about two things, three things. One, anger. Mm. Two. Amongst the many things are such elements as anger. anger. Two, overpopulation. Mm-hmm. Ruthless to the Pope. Three is social commentary and like he was in England and just stuck it to Michelle Obama and he was like, this will be the last time I'm performing. Right, I remember. And Jim <laughs> Jeffries is more about, uh, I was dating a girl, we were dating for three months, I got her pregnant, now we have a kid, I have to pay for the Mother's Day present and the Father's Day present. You know, I'm not allowed to go to strip clubs anymore. I can't do this. I can't do this. Woe is me. Everything is bad. Bill Burr is like, I just want to take that woman's head and shove it into a muffin until she suffocates. I love that. I I have that anger. the, the, The Michelle Obama bit, though, is when he mentions a plumber, he's like, you know, you ladies are, like, mocking me because, like, I'm giving the first lady a hard time. It's like, it's like, well, you know, if you need a plumber and the plumber Frogs shows up, closer. and the plumber UPC needs a plumber. <laughs> Apparently, the frogs are Correct. like up on us, right? And the, but the plumber shows up and says, "Oh yeah, no, you got a problem up here, and it's coming down to the second level, whatever." And then his wife shows up and says, "You know what I think? Don't you just want to say shut the hell up? I just need a plumber. It's something of that sort." But it's but no, but I I think Burr is good. Now hang on, un momento. So, UPC has a, a, a bit of commentary here, but the last round we're going to do is... Is it the last or we have two? No, I think we've got one more. Is... Hacks? Yup. Who you like least. Yup. And, and I know maybe that's... Time for this that may shit. be a sour no, note, I, I can, but you I gotta... Got okay, ladies and gentlemen, you gotta pick one. One? Sorry, you got to pick one. Now, before we do that, I don't mind hearing what UPC had to say. I wanted I wanted to do a round of... Female comedians. No. No? Well, they're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, Maria. Sorry, ladies. He's just still pissed at you oh. because you didn't respond to him. Oh, my God. On, Maria... On my face. On, no, it was OkCupid, okay and, somehow, <laughs> and somehow Maria Bamford and I... Did not ever cross paths at the same time. Well, yeah. But I think this is anyway. going to be edited. Really? We'll and see. Sarah Silverman? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so. Uh, Sarah he's Silverman, lying Maria to Bamford, you. and. Um, Fortune anyway. Feaster. Okay. No. All right, well, we're going to cut most of this. So, what did you want to talk about no, instead? I was going to say, let's just for a brief round comedians that aren't stand-ups, but comedy people. Okay, then let's... Hang on. We're we're excluding people like Monty Python. I hear you. Okay, so hang on. We're excluding all kinds of funny hatchets. Funny people. Okay, so hang on. So instead, we're going to cut this whole, like, minute out. Instead of going with people we don't like, let's go with our favorite comics, our favorite comedic actors, right? Okay, so hang on. All right. But not actors who are, are just, like, playing a role. No. Okay, so. But. Whatever you want it to be. Sketch matter. comedians, things like that, you know? Okay. All right. So to end, what we're going to go with is one round of our favorite comedic actors. This could be someone 
who's done TV or done movies or done sketch stuff, but not so much a stand-up, but somebody, or, or maybe even a troupe, hint, hint, mm-hmm. of people that are just really, really funny and, and just that we just love. So would you like to go first, UPC? I've got two. Monty Python. Yes. Those those guys, I as far as I know, never did any kind of stand-up. But they are brilliant writers, sketch actors, everything. And, and film actors, actually. Because Agreed. they made several films, and they're all totally hilarious. Agreed. And? Peter Sellers uh-huh. is another one. Like, Peter Sellers, we cannot ignore him as a... a Hilarious, agreed. Really, smartly hilarious person. Agreed. I'm with you all the way. Those are fantastic. I I have a clock in my office, Mm -hmm. which is John Cleese Mm. Ministry of Silly Walks. Oh yes, absolutely. The leg they just spin around. Oh, fantastic. If if we were ending this round on comedians that we just can't stand I would have said Sam Kennison okay. but we're not doing that so I just wanted to say Sam Kennison Jeff Dunham sucks um, Jeff Dunham but since we're doing sketch comedians or just comedians that aren't stand up stand up I think I would the, the first one that came to mind mm-hmm. Martin Short Oh, I agreed. I mean, in the movies, in his stuff with Steve Martin, in his uh, um, uh, what 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 what's his uh, the, the he's part of the Three Amigos. The Three Amigos, no, but the 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 interviewer, the Larry King. Oh, oh. Jiminy Glick. Jiminy, Jiminy Glick. Glick. What 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 Bill? What 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 are you? Don't fall out of your chair. I'm not <laughs> talking to the ER. Tell me about uh, your. So, I, haven't so, heard, so anyway, I haven't heard, heard about you in years. years no, what happened to your career? And uh, but I mean, even that, and uh, um, on his days with uh, Second City TV mm. and and SNL with his, yeah, he was uh, part of the first season of SNL. Uh, shit, what was the the uh, he played the triangle? Come on. Oh. Oh. Um. Uh. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking I, about with I, the I, hair. In, in eighth grade, and Pat I went to Pat Sajak and oh, he was what in was love with Pat Sajak. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Well, ladies and, and gentlemen, and, we know you're saying it right now. Yeah. Oh, Ed Grimley. There Ed you Grimley. go. Well done. Uh, in eighth God, grade he, for Halloween, I was Ed Grimley. He's a sketch comic. Comic Ed, and not that kids in the hall weren't amazing. I gosh, I had, but. I would go. I would go. Martin Short. He's just. He's still funny, and he's old as fuck. Love you, Martin. Yeah. Marty. Yeah. No. And shout out to his four sons: Morgan, Mason, Matthew, and Baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we weren't supposed to talk about it, but there's uh, a guy that just drives me crazy. I'm trying to remember his name, but I blocked it. Um, and I don't think he's funny at all. But instead of not funny, um, a, a guy that I just love that just makes me laugh, even some of the movies he was in that I didn't really like, um, was John Candy. Just, just really? John Candy just makes me laugh. He's 
just he's funny his improv stuff is funny his acting is funny his his um Uncle Buck. Uh, yeah, his physical Lane comedy is funny. Now he's he's no. just a funny Canadian dude. And even bacon. like, and I didn't even like what's the one with Dan Aykroyd? It's the vacation movie where they're they go. Oh, um, the Great, Great Outdoors. Outdoors. Yeah, I, I don't even like the movie very much, but I love watching. If if someone would make me a cut of just the stuff with John Candy. Yeah. Um and and so and I just uh, I I think he's appreciated, but I he's probably underappreciated. I just love John Candy. To wrap up, yes, sir. Is there a name of a comedian that you haven't mentioned tonight, and just throw out their name because they popped into your head as we were talking about the shit tonight? Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's a couple old school guys, um, Henny Youngman and Jack Benny. Henny Youngman and Jack Benny were remarkable. They're just remarkable guys. Um, and and if you've never seen any of the old Jack Benny show. The Jack Watch Benny it. program, right? And and Henny Youngman and Henny Youngman was so good as a pretty stinking old guy. Martin Scorsese puts him in Goodfellas in 1990 to do his stand-up routine at the Copa, which he would have been doing 50 years before or 40 years before. So there you go. I would say Shane Mouse, M A U S S, newer dude, and Shane. Ah, I forgot his last name. He does a whole thing on Guy Gifieri. Uh, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking it, about. Uh, I think it... Um, He's got long hair, ponytail. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And, and there was one other one. You mean the guy who picks the best Golden Corral in the country? Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Uh, he goes, <laughs> yeah. just because he has a, a lightning bolt on his refrigerator, you can't stand him. But if Banksy had done it, you'd buy it. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> and there was one more shit, and it just, uh, well, I mentioned Pete Holmes, but, um, oh, crap. Anyway, I'll, I'll, you know what, there are too many. Go to YouTube, go to Netflix. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Tom fucking... Papa. Oh, yeah, Tom Papa's fantastic. <laughs> I love that man. Right. His last two stand-ups have been so cathartic and funny. Thank you, Tom. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm okay. done. I'm done. Damn. Oh, now the frogs shut up. Okay. So, <laughs> fucking assholes. Woody Allen, for damn sure. Whatever. Uh, not only a great comedy writer but a great filmmaker essentially my biographer <laughs> Doug Stanhope okay Doug Stanhope who is probably the king of alternative comedy way underrated way underrated Eddie Izzard we mentioned a little bit we but did. Eddie Izzard is so influential that Today, executive transvestite. Exactly. No, because there's a fucking H in it. Chat. <laughs> Chat. Yeah. Chat. The songe <laughs> est sous le blanche. Okay. Do you have a flag? And if you don't, you do have a flag. If you don't know this reference, listener, dear listener, dear listener, if you please don't get any of these references, please watch Dress to Kill fucking look circa, it up. circa 2000. You will die laughing. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, so, what did I do? Um, Eddie Izzard, Doug mm -hmm. Sanhoe. Mm -hmm. We never Leon. mentioned Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams. Oh, There's so many you know that we didn't yeah, even. No, well, we mentioned Robin with the. Well, with, we didn't uh, even with, talk with about the, our our favorite, uh, right. like our best stand-up experience. Of course. No, that's I got point. to see Robin Williams in 1983. No, and, and Eddie Murphy's in the a triple phase. threat. I mean, Eddie Murphy is a god. There's no doubt. Um, so yes. is that what you got? Oh, 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 Larry David. No, Larry David is not a guy who does stand up. He has no. done some, but he's a good. He's I'm a very good writer. He's, he's very pretty. pretty he's pretty on good. it. He's on it. Okay, With Jiminy Glick. He's amazing. Yeah. No. <laughs> So, so just just a quick follow up. So, uh, uh, the one the sour note is I remember the name, um, David Cross, and, and oh yeah, David and, Cross. And I will change. I will trade you. Bobo Gurdon, David Cross. I will Mr. Show. I will trade. Yes, better and, than Monty Python. Yet and not that's a even strong statement, but I will right and fucking stand and it's it. so strong you're wrong. So I will trade you four David Crosses for Shane Torres, who is Shane what, Torres, who is who Bill was talking about that does the Guy Fieri and the Nickelback thing. Shane Torres is hilarious. Um, I I'll have, give you Julio I have Torres. No, I have no time for David Cross. That's for sure. Thank Julio, you so Julio much. Torres, look him up. Okay. Thank well, you so much. So, so, um, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have reached our time, and we are very happy that you have once again spent time with us tonight. Um, and so our, our goodbyes are going to be brief because there's so few of us. The frogs are saying goodnight to you all. Yeah, I don't like the frogs either. So, uh, William, any last words? <laughs> William isn't... You know, I know that we've only been doing this uh, podcast for five weeks and four days, but to me it seemed like nine weeks and six days. <laughs> The aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, we appreciate you all spending another week with us. Uh, we hope to be talking to you soon. And uh, thanks again. And this has been The Men Are Talking. Good night. Good night. Look, I'm all drunk, okay? <laughs>